Happy Tuesday! Today is February 2nd, 2022. That makes it 2-2-22. And it also makes it DCA Wednesday. So are you ready to get your stack on? This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. Hello, you sexy sat stackers, and welcome to the latest episode of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022, and that means it's DCA Wednesday. And once again, I find myself on the road this evening, so we're squeaking this one in under the wire, but we are in fact going to stack while it's still Wednesday. Hopefully you've already made your stack, or if not, we're getting ready to do so right now. And before we do that real quick, let's take a look at some of the vital statistics. We are currently at, and we just had a block, so we are currently at block height 721,599. Bitcoin is worth about $36,965. That's up just a tiny bit from last DCA Wednesday. We had dipped down a little bit below that, and then we went up to around 38 something. And then late last night, we dipped back down to about where we are now, so... The price is looking like a good place to invest, at least as far as um, helping our DCA stack bring our average cost basis down a little bit. Uh, you will currently get 2,705 sats per cuck buck or 2,705 Moscow time. And that number that a lot of people pay attention to, the market capitalization is still under a, still under a trillion at 700.4 billion. Uh, it's been 84 days now since Bitcoin hit its all-time high of 69,000, and we're currently off by about 46.4% from that. The mempool is empty. Uh, that's because, we, like I said, we just had a block. There's only 157 transactions pending currently, and one sat per byte will still clear. And that is good news if it's time for you to move those sats to your hardware wallet um, or if you have any other transactions you need to make. One other vital statistic that I like to pay attention to is that transactions per second that are occurring on-chain, and right now we're averaging 3.16 transactions per second, and that is a lot better than the 2.94 transactions per second last time we spoke about that. We're also just about 20 hours away from the next difficulty adjustment, and that is currently looking to be fairly negligible depending on who you get your data from. It's gonna be anywhere between a 0.15 and 0.2% increase, but that is an increase nonetheless, which I believe will be yet again, another all-time high for network difficulty. Of course, we'll have to wait and see here in about 20 hours. All right, well, Again, the reason we're here today is it is DCA Wednesday, and if you've been following us, we've been testing out the strategy of dollar cost averaging. What is DCA or dollar cost averaging, you might ask? Dollar cost averaging is an investment strategy where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals regardless of price. We chose to invest $20, and we chose to do it every Wednesday. That is a decision that you make 
based on what your investment goals are, we, we chose $20 because it isn't a whole lot of money, and that's precisely why we chose it, because for most of my listeners in the United States or Europe, 20 bucks is relatively easy to come by. Uh, I just had dinner on the road, and let me tell you, it was a lot more than $20. So for the average American, 20 bucks is pretty easy to scrounge up. But in other places, $20 is serious money. Um, but as we've demonstrated so far, just by stacking $20, uh, we've done that 27 times now. We've stacked a total of $540 worth of sats, including $12.15 worth of fees. So we've only been doing this about six months. So you can see that in less than a half a year, we've already put away enough sats that all of a sudden we're talking about real money for people that uh, would normally have 20, uh, that $20 would be a lot of money for. So you need to do your own, uh, you need to do what, what you feel comfortable. Again, they say never invest any money that you can't afford to lose. Certainly don't invest any money that you need right away. If you've got a rent bill coming up due or some other bill that you need to pay or just need to buy food, obviously that's not money you want to look at investing in anything. But pick an amount that you feel comfortable with, that you can feel comfortable investing on a regular basis and pick a time frame that you feel comfortable with. And that is the heart and soul of dollar cost averaging. The important thing is that you just stick to it. As they say, time in the markets beats timing the markets every time it's tried. Again, pick a dollar amount you feel comfortable with, but we're going to stick with $20. And that is, um, and, and we're going to flat out stick with that even um, if $20 becomes hyperinflated to nothing just because it'll help demonstrate, I think, this a hypothesis of, of DCA that we're, that we're exploring. And to do so, we're going to use the handy-dandy Cash App, as always. And the reason we use Cash App is because I personally think it's the easiest way to DCA. There are other choices available out there. And Cash App might not even be an option for you where you're at. So do your research, pick your favorite app. But Cash App is handy. It makes stacking easy. They'll even let you automate it. If you don't want to manually stack every Wednesday, you can set your interval and, and it will just stack for you uh, however you set that up. If you've been listening this long, you know I'm kind of a masochist and I like to watch those prices. I know everybody online says don't watch the prices, but I like to watch the prices. I like to manually do my DCA stack because it just feels more tangible when I do so. Unlike usual, I do have money on my cash app this week because um, I went on an errand and somebody reimbursed me. So normally I don't keep any money on cash app and that's not a problem because it will let you add cash pretty much instantly. I have a debit card linked, so it takes seconds or less uh, to transfer that $20, which is there this week. So we're golden as far as that's concerned. If you do not have cash app and you're interested in using cash app, there is a referral code in the show notes. If you click on that link to sign up, you'll get five bucks free just for doing so. And we'll also get five bucks. So that'll help us both out. And free money is good. But since we already have the 20 bucks, the next step for us is to scroll over to the, not scroll over, but press the little Bitcoin logo in the bottom right hand corner. Click buy. And we're going to buy $20. And... It's asking us to confirm. It says we're going to buy 52,875 sats at a price of $36,974. That includes a 45 cent fee. Cash App does charge about two and a quarter percent fee to purchase Bitcoin. 
again, there are other options out there that will let you buy cheaper, but pretty much nobody will let you buy easier. And one of the things I like about Cash App is that when I transfer out to my hardware wallet, they do not charge me a fee to do that. Um, so when if, if you were around in 2017, you, you know that fees got ridiculous. It, uh, at one point in time, I thought about, um, I actually thought about sending some Bitcoin somewhere else and uh, maybe using it to buy an ounce of gold or something like that. Uh, I'm glad I didn't because that wasn't really smart thinking. Um, but in 2017, I was relatively new to Bitcoin and, uh, and it was about when it, it was almost about $20,000. It was, that seemed like uh, it was a smart time to maybe lock in some gains. And fortunately I did not because the network fee was about 50 bucks that time. And I wasn't about to spend $50 to buy. Um, uh, I, I was going to buy, I forget what it worked out to be. Uh, it was, wasn't a full one ounce coin. It was maybe like a 10 gram coin or something small in the in the more like $300 worth range, but uh, definitely wasn't going to spend $50 to buy $300. And that, of course, was before SegWit came along and back when none of the uh, none of the exchanges were batching their transactions. Plus, um, depending on who you speak to, it looked like there were some bad actors out there that were purposely uh, spamming the, bit, the, uh, the blockchain, trying to increase those uh, prices, the network fees, because they were trying to shill a different coin, which we shall not name. Anyway, had you been stacking on Cash App, which, uh, well, I don't think Cash App, would Cash App let you stack back then? I'm pretty sure it didn't. Maybe not. Don't know. Don't want to, don't want to say either way. But if fees ever get that high again, and, and you're looking at transferring to your hardware wallet, and Cash App lets you do it for free, well, that 45 cents we just spent today to, uh, to buy this Bitcoin uh, was more than worth it. So I'm rambling a little bit about Cash App, but um, needless to say, I like Cash App, and they are not a sponsor. We don't get anything from Cash App uh, unless maybe you click that referral link, and then um, that money would be from you anyway, as far as I'm concerned. So Cash App is not a sponsor. I just like using Cash App. Uh, I know it's not available in a lot of places, so pick a, an app you want. Anyway, we click confirm, and boom, just like that, we bought our 52,875 sats, and that is going to bring our stack up to... 1,134,911 sats. Uh, our stack is down a little bit. That's worth $419.62. We've invested a total of $560, so we are down. Um, we did start buying last um, July, and so we bought all the way up to 69 and now we're buying all the way down. So that's the thing about dollar cost averaging. Sometimes you buy the highs, sometimes you buy the lows. But it is a long-term strategy. I don't intend to sell this corn ever. Um, but if you are investing in Bitcoin, you need to have at least a four-year, five-year, 10-year horizon. Because regardless of what Bitcoin is worth today, if you believe in it like I do, uh, you know that it's going to be worth a heck of a lot more now. A heck of a lot more in 10 years than it is, than it is right now. Also, by purchasing today, we dropped our average cost basis down to $49,343.08. That is $562.84 than just last week. So that is the neat thing about DCA is uh, the last several purchases, we're buying all the way down. We've been lowering our cost basis steadily. The highest uh, cost basis we had was probably, well, I don't have that stat handy, but needless to say, uh, we've dropped it by 560, almost $563 just by 
um, this stack. So that is pretty cool. One thing you have not seen in the news today or recently, it is the year of the tiger, or as the song uh, from the 70s goes, the year of the cat. Uh, there's no Chinese New Year FUD this year. At least I haven't seen any. I brought it up a, a podcast or two back saying that, you know, traditionally when the Chinese New Year happens or the run-up to the Chinese New Year happens, so it should have already happened, Bitcoin tends to dip. And that's because for like the one of the most populous places on the planet celebrating the, the Lunar New Year, um, that's their version of Christmas, basically. It's, obviously, it's not their version of Christmas. That's um, But uh, I'm just using that as a way to describe its effect on the individual's budget. Uh, here in the United States or in Europe, people that celebrate Christmas, that tends to be a really expensive time of year for you. We didn't get to buy the dip a number of times in December because we traveled out of state, so there were airline tickets to buy and presents to buy, meals, other expenses. So for most people that celebrate Christmas, Christmas is a very expensive time of the year. And that's the time of the year that people either go into debt or they cash out some of their savings, including, unfortunately, sometimes Bitcoin to pay for those expenses. And a similar occurrence happens in China every year, or at least we've been told it does. The two big FUDs you get out of China used to be anyway every year were the dry season and wet season when the hash rate would either pick up or drop because the miners were allegedly moving up to um, the provinces where the hydropower was going to be cheap and abundant and then come offline during the dry season. And the other FUD you got was the Chinese New Year FUD, where about two weeks prior to Chinese New Year, uh, people would start moving coins to the exchanges and dumping them so that they could save up for gifts and travel. Hence the, uh, hence my relating it to it being like Christmas in, in, in that manner. And that either did not happen this year or nobody talked about it this year, or maybe it did happen this year. And that's part of the reason why the price is only at $36,974. Uh, who knows? All I know is we got to buy a lot more sats uh, these last two weeks than we had previously. Speaking of price, uh, Plan B's done a little bit of tweeting about his stock-to-flow model. He has not called it a bust yet, and in fact, it's still within the second standard deviation, and uh, as he had said previously, it was in that second standard deviation below mean when he created the model, so nothing's changed as far as he is concerned there. However, on January 28th, he published an interesting chart combining stock-to-flow uh, and with log regression and relative strength index. And that chart, it looked like the log regression curve was tracking a lot better than stock to flow. Although he says, quote, my money is still on stock to flow. 2020 will be very exciting. Uh, so if you don't follow Plan B on Twitter, it's at 100 trillion USD. Be super careful because there's a lot of scammers impersonating Plan B on Twitter. Uh, they use O's instead of zeros or an extra L or ones instead of L's. So be careful you get the right plan B if you're following them, if you're following him. And he does post disclaimers all over Twitter often that he will never DM you or run one of those, you know, uh, send me Bitcoin and I'll send it back to you scams. So careful who you follow on Twitter. Make sure you're following the right guy. And if you ever see someone DMing you offering to help make you rich, or something that seems too good to be true, you probably have the wrong guy or they've been hacked or something. So watch out for those Twitter scams. But I do recommend following Plan B on Twitter. Even if you don't believe in stock to flow, it's fun to watch his chart uh, and just see. Because if you go, I mean, hindsight is always twenty twenty. So 
his model is a lot better at predicting the past than it is at predicting the future, per se. But, pardon me, looking at this particular chart, the Bitcoin price span is snaking along, it's coiling along that log regression really slick. And that's still an up and to the right number, not necessarily aggressively as the stock-to-flow model. In fact, uh, if you follow that, um, if you look at that, that particular chart that he tweeted out, uh, it's going to take all the way till, well, that line doesn't cross $100,000 again until 2024. So hopefully that is not the case. But worst case scenario, Bitcoin is even steady and up to the right, according to that chart. It'd be interesting to see if either of those models are correct or if it's all just voodoo, anywho. And speaking of Plan B, uh, he's tweeted, well, he's, he's been doing a lot of tweeting about Canada and truck drivers and things recently, but he did retweet uh, just a while ago a tweet from Will Clemente. If you are not familiar with Will Clemente, uh, he was a college freshman or sophomore uh, with a knack for transaction analysis and he's featured every Saturday on the Pomp podcast to do a little bit of TA. Um, but he tweeted out that um, Bitcoin is currently the fourth most oversold in its history, according to, dor uh, to dormancy flow. Dollar cost, averaging, dollar cost averaging more heavily into this area is probably the best approach for the long-term investor. Cool, because that's what we just did. But um, if you're trying to figure out a bottom or if you're trying to figure out whether it's whether now is a good time to buy, one thing to take into account is if you do follow relative strength index, etc., he's saying that Bitcoin is currently the fourth most oversold that it has ever been. And traditionally, at least according to his uh, analysis, that means we are poised to spring back up. Not unlike the meme that Plan B has often tweeted of the polar bear holding the ball underwater. You can only hold that ball underwater so long before it goes kerfluish. Kerfluish. Also, back to Plan B's tweets, about 15 hours ago or so, he tweeted a, a tweet about the 200-week uh, moving average, Bitcoin saying, quote, Bitcoin continues upward momentum from a four-year perspective. The rest is mere volatility. And you can see that, indeed, the 200-week moving average is just marching upward, slowly but steady up and to the right. 200-week moving averages don't tend to crash because they are a long-term perspective as the name would imply. So while the Bitcoin price is coming down uh, to match, it's getting closer to the, uh, it, it, it had been trending down closer to the relative strength, or to the two week, 200 week moving average, that 200 week moving average appears to be crossing through the $20,000 value. Whereas at the beginning of 2021, it was looking more like $8,000. So uh, up and to the right, it's all up and to the right. And that is a good thing. There really isn't a whole lot to talk about in the news. Uh, Joe Biden threatened an executive order to regulate Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies as a national security issue. Uh, but I don't know if he just got sidetracked by trying to pick the most politically correct Supreme Court justice he can come up with, or if he's too busy trying to start a war or backpedal out of a war or whatever the heck he has in mind in uh, Ukraine. Uh, because, or, or maybe he just forgot. <laughs> you never know with Joe Biden, what he's got going on in his brain. But uh, there has not been any real bad news or any good news for Bitcoin, and it certainly isn't feeling very euphoric out there. So uh, there was a lot of scuttlebutt about the uh, AOPP or APPO or whatever the um, 
the the Swiss regulators taking the uh, financial action task force travel rule advice a little bit beyond what even the financial uh, action task force was recommending and making uh, individuals verify, prove that they owned an address before they'd be allowed to withdraw it. Several of the wallets were making the user experience for that a little bit easier where it would let you sign a message uh, with your public key so that you could prove that was your public key. Um, and the, there was a tremendous amount of backlash about that. And then a lot of the podcasts, including even privacy, for, privacy first Matt O'Dell, just yesterday on Citadel Dispatch was talking about that. And everybody seems to now be saying, well, this is really not that big a deal. It's something you could do anyways. You could always sign a message. It was just difficult. But um, this would just make it easier. And the, the exchanges already know that it's your address more than likely anyway. You're already KYC'd, so it's not that big a deal. One thing Bitcoiners have always seemed really naive to me on is you don't give an inch. Remember when the infrastructure bill passed just not too long ago and there were the horrific Bitcoin reporting requirements in it that everybody said, don't worry, that doesn't even take place until 2023 or tax year 2023 and 2024, whatever the case may be. We have plenty of time to get it repealed. Well, wouldn't you know it, the next piece of legislation being proposed already has more stuff piling on top of it. They just keep coming at you. Think of Think of what they've done with gun control when it comes to um, when it comes to how they're going to treat Bitcoin. I don't care whether you are a Second Amendment supporter or whether you're not a Second Amendment supporter. The way they've been coming after the Second Amendment is the the old nose under the camel's nose under the tent and, um, strategy. In fact, I believe um, it was Charles Schumer who, when he unveiled gun control legislation. Back in the 90s, bragged, well, you heard about the camel's nose under the tent? Well, this is the camel's nose. Ha ha, he he, so happy about it. And the fact is, every time they, they chisel away at your rights, they chisel a little more. And they're going to keep coming, and they keep coming, and they keep coming. And you do not compromise with somebody who wants to destroy you. If their goal is to crush Bitcoin, or at least to make it so difficult to use that it's effectively crushed, uh, you don't give in, period. And it doesn't matter that hey, I can already sign a message, do not, under any circumstances, make their job easier for them. By integrating this into their wallets, yeah, sure, you're making it easier for customers to comply with regulations they're going to have to comply with, but if you give this to them in advance, it just makes it easier for them to keep passing these regulations and restrictions. You are never, ever, 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 ever going to appease the Brad Sherman's of the world, the anti-Bitcoiners out there. You're never, ever, ever, ever going to appease Janet Yellen. And I don't know if it's just that she was so humiliated by Bitcoin sign guy, or if she's just an evil bankers, banker through and through, or what the case may be. There is no compromising with these people ever, period, end of story. Do not give an inch. They will take a mile. And then the very next legislative session, they will take another mile. And they will just keep doing that, period. At no point in time will it ever be in the United States government's best interest to embrace Bitcoin. Not unless the entire economic system as we know it has been destroyed. And then the United States will be something you won't recognize. Anyway, we won't be talking about the same people. So none of that matters. Anyway, that's just my two cents on that travel rule BS. Um, fortunately, you don't have to verify that you own your addresses in the United States right now. Anyway, hopefully... You're getting your, your Bitcoin off the exchange as soon as practical. 
when we're buying it $20 at a time. I don't move that to a hardware wallet right away. So yeah, I'm guilty of that too. I, I have money on exchanges, but I like my UTXOs to be a little bigger than, you know, $20 with the Satoshis um, before we move them because the 5,000, the 52,850 sats that um, we purchased today wouldn't even cover a fee in 2017. So uh, my personal threshold for moving is about a million sats. Uh, as Bitcoin gets more expensive, that's something you might want to evaluate because a million sats is a lot of money to leave on an exchange. But get your BT soft exchanges as soon as you can afford to do it because what happens to Europe eventually comes to the United States. And, uh, and that's my two cents on that. Other than that, I think it's absolutely beautiful to watch the mainstream media do pretzels and gymnastics to um, tie themselves in knots over what's happening in Canada. I'm, this isn't a podcast about health or, or, or anything like that, so I'm not going to get into that. I know a lot of Bitcoiners have been very vocal in their expression about that particular topic. But beyond what the Canadian truckers are currently protesting, it is beautiful to see what can happen when people stand up for their rights. And in this case, they're, they're fighting for something that doesn't have anything to do with Bitcoin, but it shows that um, people have power and people have power in numbers. And we have numbers because more people now are invested in Bitcoin than ever before. And as that grows, uh, that won't mean that the bankers and the people that are funded by the bankers will ever stop attacking Bitcoin, but it just means that uh, we will be able to resist uh, easier, more easily uh, than before. Although my personal two cents is that the United States government will never try and squish Bitcoin. What they're going to do is try and capture it, where it'll just be another paper asset that you trade at your broker. They would be perfectly fine if it were something only traded on exchanges and that you uh, called up your stockbroker or whatever to, to make your trades and that you didn't actually have any personal custody because uh, while that might be one heck of an investment in your portfolio, that neuters the very concept of the economic freedom that Bitcoin was invented uh, for. The banking, the unbanked, the censorship, you know, um, resistant money. Uh, and that's another way that Bitcoin ties into the whole Canadian trucker thing. If you didn't see the news... They raised over over $10 million on GoFundMe to pay for the expenses of all these truckers and this convoy and this protest in Canada. And because it's the U.S. dollar and because it's not your money and not your keys, GoFundMe has frozen the money and they're not going to release it until they jump through whatever hoops that they might decide, whatever goalposts they might move. The most recently I heard is that GoFundMe wants them to submit an in-writing detailed plan of exactly how they plan on spending the money and obviously, you know, once they're playing that game, it will not get easier. So uh, Bitcoin fixes this. Had they been accepting lightning payments or uh, just Bitcoin donations in general, GoFundMe would not have been able to freeze their $10 million. So that's a neat little lesson to take away. Uh, I've seen more Bitcoin signs in the coverage of the protest recently, so... Hopefully, people will be supporting that movement and others with Bitcoin instead of services like GoFundMe, which take a big chunk of the money that you want to go to uh, the cause you're supporting anyway. So, all right. Well, we squeaked this one just under the wire. It was still Bitcoin DCA Wednesday. Uh, again, we're going to keep doing this every Wednesday until we're all either 
filthy, stinking rich. Bitcoin crashes and goes away, which I think is either a all or nothing proposition. Either Bitcoin's going to change the world or some black swan issue that we don't know will have cropped up and it will just be no more. So I don't believe there's a, I personally don't believe there's a middle ground where Bitcoin just wallows, wallows around at a dollar a coin or $10 a coin or $100 a coin or, or even the $36,000 a coin that it's at right now. It's either, it's either going to change the world like most of us think, or it won't. And I think every day that goes by, gets closer to, um, the, the chances that it's going to change the world get more and more undeniable. Either way, keep stacking those sats, and we will see you next Wednesday, you sexy sat stackers.